millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. feels like, like a small window into the future. Well, this is fucking brilliant. Thank you so much. I'm cursing on the RT News again. Yes! Woo! And this song is called Paradise. Hello and welcome to the Nile Nine podcast. It is Nile and Andrea. And uh, it is Friday morning. And uh, it's the day after um, a test pilot event that happened in the Ivy Gardens in Dublin. So the first gig back in Ireland officially, really, this year. Um, and so I was there. I went. I got to go to it last night. There was James Vincent Morrow and Sorka Richardson. And uh, uh, I wasn't there. Andrea I was not go. there. So I'm here to tell herself and you guys all about what happened last night and how I feel about it. <laughs> um, I guess it's a it's a weird one to be at an event, which is, you know, touted as the first gig back, 500 people. Um, so for context, I guess it's, it's, you may have seen the videos. And I actually, I would say there's one thing about the videos is that they probably don't do the atmosphere or the, the number of people there justice. You know, there's 500 mm. people outdoors in the Ivy Gardens. If anyone's ever been to the Ivy Gardens gigs, like I remember being at St. Vincent there, you'd fit a number of like a few thousand people there in the hollow in the Ivy Gardens. It's a lovely space. And so they had it set up like that um, big stage at one end. And um, so it was all all marked out with pods, of course. Uh, and this is what the setup was, right? So this pilot event had... Pods of two to four people, all socially distant from each other, uh, marked out on the ground with uh, ropes all the way back on the pitch. The, it had staggered entrances and uh, you were given a time to go between five mm. and, and seven to arrive in. 
And in terms of the pods, um, what, how, how did they work? What if you were going on your own? Yeah, I don't know. I don't didn't see anyone on their own. Um, okay. but I, I was technically on my own when I went yes. in because I was, so I got in through the media and, um, so you were media was kind of over on the right hand side. Yeah, yeah. So the media was up uh, up higher above the um, above the pitch. The plebs. The plebs. You the can side. say the plebs. No, um, <laughs> they're, they're the real crowd. That's where I wanted to be. I'm joking. Yeah. So uh, anyone who was working in the media was basically uh, the side of the pitch, and uh, there was lots of camera people and uh, photographers and. Uh, Patrick Crane, uh, furiously, uh, actually a great setup. For to, to, he was writing his piece on his laptop, sitting down at the top of the hill. And I was like, that's a nice thing to be able to do. I saw along that side of the, uh, where, where all of you guys were sitting, um, in different people's pictures, I saw a couple of different people sitting with their laptops. And I was like, God, yeah, that's the dream, really, to be just yeah. getting, getting your notes down uh, on a laptop. and Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I was going to go up and say hello to done. Patrick at the end. And then I realized, um, oh, he's still writing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just still typing writing. furiously. Yeah. But uh, very good. It was nice to be like a probably a very uh, handy thing to be able to do. You could leave your stuff down, not like a regular gig. Oh, um, it's the dream. So yeah, it was. It was. It was that. It was. You come in and there's people's in rows of pods, um, all the way in front of the stage, all marked out. You're supposed to wear your mask in between. We're going to get into the wider maybe ramifications of like what this was, what it achieved. But I would like to talk about like just the actual experience of it for someone who goes to gigs a lot and who defines a lot of their identity as you know something that I identify gigs as something that uh, improves my mental health and because I know that now because I haven't had that for what 16 months whatever it is I've been to mm-hmm. whatever one gig last year in the workman's MNC Padge and a socially distant like reduced capacity workman's club gig um, so this was the first, certainly the first outdoor gig since 2019. I don't know when. Um, so it's a long time and it's a long time. And it's certainly the biggest number of people I've been around for a long time. Um, and I know. Can I ask just before you get into that, um, just one one more thing on the logistics of getting in and out. Mm. Um, what was it like actually not not inside Ivy Gardens, like leading up to it, because I think the reason I didn't go was because I was a bit nervous about um, before and after the gig, as opposed to during the gig sort of thing. Was it was it busy? Were, were people able to kind of keep their distance as they were making their way in? Yeah, well, I would say because of the 500 people, it didn't really feel like a lot. And because different people were given different times to arrive, um, mm. that seemed to work mostly because really, I'd say there was about 30 people outside the venue get coming in. About 20 to 7. So sort of and started at 7. Yeah. So really, you know, and they do big, long um, snaking barriers so that when you come in, you're 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 funneled through those. Yeah. So there's no standing And then around. was it the same when you were leaving? Do people kind of leave in? One way system on the way in and on the way out. So one way system also to the toilets and back. So it kind of you left the main pitch and loop around to the left by, say, you know, the Ivy Gardens where the uh, green area is around. You go around by, um, what are they called? Like the, the water features, the waterfall there. Uh, you mm-hmm. go around by that and then come back around the other way um, by the entrance to okay. come back in. And you're supposed to wear a mask on the way in and when they way out, they had like a little crepe van and a, and a coffee and a 
uh, ice cream place. So obviously there was no bar at last night's event. Um, mm-hmm. You know, would have liked at one point I was like, yeah, because I love a pint now just for the, it was so warm. It was a lovely warm night evening in the Ivy mm-hmm. Garden. So that was a nice, really nice thing. So yeah, the logistics of it felt fairly plain um, and easy. Um, there's no no such thing as a bottleneck. Even at the end of the gig, everyone asked to to leave um, kind of socially distant and staggered as well. But it kind of was a bit slight free for all. But like, you know, everyone still maintained distance big time because there's only 500 people in the Ivy Gardens is not a lot. Um, no. And it doesn't feel like a lot. But I will say uh, you look at the videos and stuff from from it and you don't see. It looks like less people than it felt like last night. It like it sure. felt full ish. You know, it felt like it was, there was a buzz. There was a buzz. And I think that's the thing. So like, you know, Sarka Richards came out at seven. She's very much playing the support act role. Um, I think I went through a lot of different phases of, of you know, emotions at the gig. Because it's just, uh, it's been so long. And um, first of all, it's like, oh, is this weird? This is a bit weird. And then... Yeah, we all know it's a bit weird because, you know, it's a pilot event. It's not a regular gig. Um, So I think the first thing is that, first of all, sets were great. Sorka did about 40 minutes. And then James came out and James McMorrow played uh, Me and My Friends was the first track. You may have seen it because it was all it's all up on uh, National Concert Hall uh, YouTube. So himself and uh, the brass section, brass section started off and it was just, it was a real like, it was a moment, it felt really nice to see a group of musicians up on a stage come out swinging and, you know, really lay into the first song and it felt like that and it felt like, you know, there was a palpable buzz and like, I really enjoyed the gig and uh, I got emotional a few times, um, you know, in it and I think that's what I was looking for. I was looking for what the emotions would feel like being at this gig, what, how I would feel. And I definitely had one of those moments. There's a song called Red Dust that James has where he hits, really hits a really high falsetto. Um, and I had one of those those moments where I was like, this is what I was missing, you mm. know. Um, so that was really interesting. But the other, I think the other aspect of it, it's like you, you start off and you're like, this is weird. And then you forget and then you're like, yeah, there's a whole other personal aspect to this. And and for me personally, I have to, it's worth mentioning because it's something I missed. My peers were there. People in my industry were there. People who I work with are there, were there. And I have not seen them for uh, a year and a half. So, you know, and it kind of, it gave me some form of validation because I was able to see people who do what I do or people who work in music or work in, in media who I know who I've not seen since whenever January or February or before um, January, February, 2020 or uh, October, November, December, 2019. And there was some form of validation there, I think, because, you know, we haven't had like it's everything's been so virtual. So 
been able to have a very casual conversation with somebody. I think personally for me, that was just a nice, really nice, like, ah, God, this is just so normal, <laughs> you know? Mm. Like, it really felt mm. like the normality was there in full effect. Um, and in that regard, because I just missed it. It's like the, you know, I work for myself mostly and I now work at home all the time. So like everyone else and you miss, you miss those little casual interactions. And then. Well, it's the water cooler, isn't it? You know, exactly. All, yeah. Even, even when we're not working, um, even back when say you had the office, um, you, you, you weren't working in an office with your peers really you know with with the people that you would have been running into last night at the gig and gigs are are that for us music journals or uh, pe- people who work in yeah. music who are who aren't musicians you know that's kind of where we all get together and have a time have a catch-up see see what gig is coming up next find out some gossip from yeah. somebody some booker or something exactly um, yeah and be able to congratulate you know, something on something that happened in their lives or yeah or to say you know, just anything really that you might relate to, <laughs> you might have seen in the last year and a half. Yeah. And, but also, like, personally for me... And for you like, to be, like, observed by somebody else as well. Yeah, I, mean? I think that was it. You know, there's an element of the passage of time has been suspended for 16 months. So, therefore, those little conversations that mark that time has passed have not happened. And so I had a lot of those last night where it was like, they might have been very casual. They might have been about my personal life and how things were going. Um, but there were new questions and there mm. was different answers. And that is like, it's actually really, it really felt like, okay, we have moved on. Last year was last year and this year is this year. There's different things happening. Life mm. is different. Life is more positive. There are things that uh, I'm talking about now that I wasn't talking about last time I was at gigs, you know, um, my mm-hmm. personal life is different. Everything is different. Um, so that is that has been that was really nice. It was it was some sort of personal validation, but also. How would you describe it? Like, uh, yeah, it just it really just underscored the passing of time and mm. and it really made me feel like, yeah, we are in the present um, like Una said, I was talking to Mulally a lot last night, and uh, like one thing she was saying was, uh, you know, we we talk about where we're going and where we've been, but why? What about now? <laughs> where are we now? You know what mm. I mean? Like we're always like restrictions lifting, all this kind of stuff. We need to be in the now. And so last night's gig for me was uh, some element of just being able to be at a gig, experience it in all its weirdness as it was. But also take in art and 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 listen to live music. And I have to say, whoever was doing uh, the playlist in between the acts uh, was doing a stellar job. So shout out to whoever who did that. They were playing like "Where My Rolex" by uh, Wiley. They played Marie Davidson uh, work at the Soulwax remix that I always played in twenty nineteen. Uh, just loads of bangers, and it was like it was like a subtle act of defiance. It was mm-hmm. like here's the National Concert Hall putting on an event in the Ivy Gardens and we're hearing these like wall bangers, you know, absolute like um, huge like dance tracks. And you're like, mm. somebody knows what they're at here. <laughs> and oh, I really um, enjoyed that. And another kind of practical question. I saw photos and videos of people sitting sometimes, people standing sometimes. What was the general vibe? Was it kind of like sitting on your picnic blanket and then when the acts come out? I think when Sorka up? played at first, it was very much like, Sunday afternoon at a festival everyone's lolling yeah. around 
that kind of vibe. Um, it felt a bit Lovely. like that. But then they got up. Most people got up. And I think especially for James, they got up. Um, and it was a lot of dancing. A lot of dancing. And I think that's yeah. the other part about it. And that was the other interesting... Like, I mean, it's not, I'm talking about a gig here. It's so mad that, like, this is news to me. But it is. And I want to talk about it because it's important. Um, because we haven't had it. And, and that's why <laughs> we're doing this. Because, you know, watching other people at it was one of the most... As well as watching the gig was a lovely another lovely part of this experience because you see people in their pods like family like james's parents were there somewhere um james mcmorrow's parents you had people you know casually or not but like seeing them people with their partners um people hugging <laughs> um, yeah. people dancing you know people swaying and you're just it was so interesting just watching people the dynamic of people in, well, in you know, crowd. it's been so long since um, since we've observed other people listening to music. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we've been listening to music a lot by by ourselves, and also we've been kind of discussing music a lot with each other, with our friends, podcasts, the like. But to actually like observe other people enjoy music and move with music, and so I, I think I'm really, really excited about that when when that does, yeah. Um, start happening for me um and i mean you know my uh age group is registering from next week so i think yep. i will i will be, be at gigs this year i'm just i'm i'm a bit of a baby when it comes to <laughs> um the trial gigs and i think that's okay too so if, if anybody didn't go and is feeling a lot of fomo um and but they didn't go because they were nervous or anything let me be your representative and yeah. um, it's it is it, it's also okay not to go to the things if you're absolutely if you're nervous yeah yeah and even though it sounds super safe it's just you know uh, yeah these things are and it wasn't it was an outdoor event so you know they are safer and we'll get into mm. the the actual um you know pilot part of the pilot gig uh, shortly um but yeah just to say you know after like just watching people and being there myself and the distance it really yeah okay so there's the first thing is i guess this is the start the beginning of the end <laughs> what it felt like and i heard that phrase a lot last night the beginning of the end you know and that's where you're like okay we have moved on things have happened we are not going back to where we were we're not going we shouldn't be going back into lockdown based off events like this because we are moving forward and it did feel like that but it also allowed me to kind of you know like I went through different emotions because I was you know you got used to it then and you got used to being at a gig and you had and you reminded me that one of the lovely things I I love about being at festivals and stuff and it's very subtle and and small but like you might have a slight like daydream thought or mm -hmm. something like that to the music and you know or watch a you know you might watch a bird over <laughs> over the stage or like the trees blowing in the wind. and That's me meditation you're describing now. Yeah. And it, so, is, it is meditative, isn't it? But that's what I it mean, is I for miss me. That. Yeah. yeah es es especially those kind of um, like, like the atmosphere that you were describing of um, during the day at a, at a festival when everyone's a bit panned out and just kind of chilling. Those. Yeah. yeah you get some good thoughts. during. Yeah. Those, you're in a good place and yeah. it gives you a space in which to think about your life and where you're at and what's happening and other people. And, um, yeah, it was lovely. I got that, I got that nice buzz at it. And, you know, as I said, there's, there's no alcohol or anything last night. So it was just like, it was the music that did that. 
It was music that yeah. I reacted to. It was music that I responded to. And the other thing as well is like for a long time since I heard music that loud. So physically, you know, I could feel bass lines and I could feel drums and I could feel things hitting my mm. chest and hitting my body. And that was, I think after 16 months of restrictions where we don't know, we're, we're not allowed to do things and we're told we have to stay apart and all that kind of thing. I know that last night was not perfect in terms of its setup and all that. But what I would say is it is very much a experiential. It's a thing that happens to you when you're at a gig. And it's important to recognize the value of those live gigs and that experience and that shared collective uh, experience. Um, James, like, mm. joked about it. I have a bit of audio, actually. Like, music obviously had to stop. Like, music, the loss of it, the loss of art, the loss of culture the loss of connection, the loss of me talking shit to you people and you have to listen because I have a microphone and you don't. Like, you know how long I've been waiting to be on a microphone again and talk shit, lord it over people? Uh, <laughs> it's just, this just is needed. And I hope whoever is out there that's listening that has to make this happen for the rest of the summer understands the power and the beauty of this thing. Our job is to put on the best show possible and hope that that happens. Your job is to listen and lording it over everybody with a microphone is like i wanted to hear somebody talk and just talk shit <laughs> you know what i mean mm -hmm. somebody i couldn't tell to shut up or turn off somebody that i had to listen to somebody that i couldn't uh forward rewind or uh, ignore you know what i mean i wanted yeah. to i couldn't change this i had to experience it and i loved that part of it like giving yourself over Again, those small little things that you forgot, you took for granted that happens at gigs, that you're just like, these happen at gigs all the time. But you can't, you don't necessarily have that at home watching a live stream or whatever it is. Mm. Um, I was going to ask you about the gig as a pilot event. It has had a little bit of criticism. Oh, yeah. Um, when you compare it to other pilot events in the UK and in Europe, um, I think, especially considering the layout of the uh, audience that was there, wouldn't be dissimilar to St. Stephen's Green on a Saturday or Sunday or some other public area. Um, and I think some criticism that was leveled against it as, as a pilot event and not as a lockdown event or as a, a restricted event um, would be that maybe there was more room to have it more like a normal gig um, and that would surely be the piloting um, and in introducing in introducing testing, going in and out and all of that kind of stuff. How, how, how do you feel about those sorts of um, criticisms? Yeah, I, honestly, I feel having gone there now and seen it and experienced it i uh i see the total validity in the argument of that as like what was the point of this gig i mean it's hard like to... what what exactly was it testing i suppose i suppose i um, yeah well that's the thing and this, right? so... and this and this isn't me this is this is kind of what what i've been seeing people say but mm. um but yeah. What is um, if 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 this is a pilot event? Are we piloting this as events, or are yeah. the next few pilot events going to be? Um, are, are, are we going to push our luck, so to speak, um, a little bit more with each one? I don't mm. know. Okay, so let's just say talk about the actual uh, setup of this because to get in, all you had to do was buy a ticket, and mm -hmm. I mean, I was trying last week. I got in through the. Um, 
through the media list. So that's that's what I'm saying. That's how I got in. I couldn't I couldn't buy a ticket on the day. Uh, I met our boy Luke Sharkey last night as well. He had his friend Luke. bought a ticket. So oh, I had a great chat with him. He came out afterwards and we had a point and running into Luke at gigs is something I miss as well. I always <laughs> run into him at gigs. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, uh yeah, he's doing great. He's doing well and uh, it was great Good. to see him. And so the thing is before so okay, so pilot event here does it make sense? The requirements to actually get enter were there was no testing done in advance. You were just asked to stay at home if you had any symptoms. Um, okay. You be were, were you asked distance. at the gate? Do you, nope. do you, are you exhibiting any No, they took your, I you... mean, they took your contact details in advance and every every okay. group, like like a booking a restaurant, they, every, book, every group had um, given a phone number and all the names of everyone that was there. Okay. I don't know, like if, yes. Okay, so the major criticism is, and I totally get this, is that what did this, is any data come, does any data come out of this gig? Mm. And the answer seems to be no. I don't know what could come out of this because you can't track whether anyone has got COVID going in or out or in before You would be or relying on, on people to, uh, I mean, the organizers would be relying on somebody who got, has COVID today to get in, in contact with them. I or think. in the next coming days. So the, the onus will be very much on, on the participants in the audience to let them know. Yeah, maybe there's some, going to be some sort of survey, but that's not like, that doesn't really cut it in terms of a pilot event. No, think, that's not data. No, it's not data. It's not something you can point to to say, well, we can put on gigs. And also it was very much like conservative social distancing outside with masks is not the same as having like, obviously we're, everyone looked at the Liverpool gig. So it happened in, was that May now? That was like over a month ago. Yeah. No social distancing, PCR tests in advance, uh, very successful um, outcomes of those mm-hmm. gigs, um, minimal or negligible. Uh, basically, it seemed to be if you went to those events, the amount of COVID that was around those events was no more than a supermarket, you know? Yeah. Um, well, the UK, we're, we're a lot further into their vaccine rollout true. than we are at the moment. But, um, oh, but that's the, that's a question I had for you, actually. What what was the kind of, uh, what was the age group like? Would would you say a lot of people there would have would have been vaccinated? No, it kind of no, per, I don't, I don't think upwards or very young, few young people folks. were vaccinated. I think we're talking late 20s, early 30s, like Genesis okay. McMorrow fan crowd, you know? Yeah, That's what it yeah. felt like, uh, 20s and 30s, and some older as well, 40s, 50s, uh, but ma- majority... Did you majority spot any politicians? Uh, yeah, Catherine Martin was there, and Hazel Chew also uh, okay. were doing, they were doing photos at it, so yeah. they were spotted. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what this is piloting, <laughs> is the mm. honest answer. Like, there's so that was why it was so complex, it was like, on a personal note, I had a really enjoyable experience, it reminded me what I was missing. It, but it also reminded me of the restrictions that have been on my body and everyone else's body in terms of movement. And even at that gig, you're like, you can't go here. You can't just run over there. You can't be here. You can't express yourself in the same way. You can't, if you see somebody in the crowd, you can wave at them, but you can't go near them. Do you know? Mm. So what is it achieving? Yeah. And I don't know the answer to that. I think maybe what it's doing is kind of, I I, I think maybe billing it as a pilot event was a mistake. Um, yeah. And, and may. I, th- I, I mean, I think what it was was just an opportunity for people to experience live music under 
restrictions that are at this moment in this country still quite necessary yeah. um especially considering the age group that were there so i definitely i'm i'm not disagreeing with how they did it but i would disagree with the use of the term pilot because i think that does suggest that yeah you're getting something out are, of it. Or, or 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 that this is going to be a kind of a um a test for yeah. similar gigs going on like this for a long time maybe um yeah and i think there was and there is an element of a lot of comments who are like this looks shit why would you do this i mean we're doing this because i in my head the reason we were doing this is because whether we live in a conservative society in ireland and we have to convince people that getting back to gigs is something maybe the department of health are more conservative maybe the government are more conservative in terms of how we're thinking about these. I did a piece this week about the difference between Belgium and Ireland in terms of um, its restrictions at the moment. And we're pretty much, because they're talking about bringing Puka Pop and uh, Tomorrowland back uh, at the end of August. And I know everyone's mm. like gunning for a big festival like Electric Picnic, but we are operating things and we have been in the last 16 months are, are, much are more conservatively. I, well, I mean, the, the discourse is, oh, Electric Picnic. I don't think people really? are really looking for it. But like that is when a politician lately wants to uh, be down with the kids, they're like, we really want <laughs> big events like Electric Picnic to happen. And you're like, yeah, they're not going to happen. And that uh, Festival yeah. Wild Roots thinks it's going to happen. We need to get coppers open again. Yeah. Yeah. Talking <laughs> about those kind of things. Like, I mean, the Belgian thing is interesting because like Pukapop, they're talking about 75,000 people by August 13th. But if you look at the, there's a comparison on the site now, if you look at it, um, Belgium at the moment is allowing 2,000 um, indoor seated social distancing and mask um, from now, July, uh, from July 1st. And our yeah. equivalent is 50 uh, at most venues and 100 with strict measures in place. So it's going to be, we are conservative. And this is, I don't know what, it will be interesting now. So that was the first event. You don't get any data out of it, but what you do get is, yeah, is it pure propaganda? Maybe. Like, and I, what I don't get is that people oh, online certainly. who are like, oh, this looks shit. I'd never want to go to this. It's like, no one wants to be at this. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. This is not the long-term sustainable, like, answer to our, our live music issue. But, but is but, the first step on the way if, back to something that will remove, we need to get to the point where we are getting there. The vaccine is is, is going to be administered to people, younger people. And we need to get to that point where the social distancing is scrapped. And that's the key thing. And if this means somebody can, no one, yeah, no one can make any money from this. No one can, uh, the bands and all can get some work and people can go to gigs and enjoy it in a different way. But these are short-term solutions. These aren't like, mm. oh, why would you bother? I'm seeing a lot of why would you bother? And I really, yeah. that did bother me because I was like, would you rather we, did, we didn't have anything? Like, we have yeah. to, like, I understand, while I don't necessarily agree with we need to get back, um, we, we need to, like, slowly ramp it up. I understand that idea. And, yeah, you can point to Liverpool and you can point to other, but, like, we're probably not seeing all those little tiny events of this equivalent size that are happening in other smaller countries that are just not as fun. They're not fun to look at. Like you're, look, you're if, looking at that and going, the, oh, people, there was people outside um, socially distanced. Like you're not seeing that on Twitter. You know what I mean? And if if the gig went ahead last night and it was, you know, from, from our very distant society perspective, uh, it was, you know, bedlam and people were really close and there was no social distancing. That would have, that would have put people off. I think I, I, 
I felt more secure in our reopening by w- by actually being able to see how far away people were. And I know that that like people, that's not always the most fun thing. But for somebody who, I mean, suffers from anxiety anyway, um, but especially is is especially anxious anxious during like COVID and with the kind of the the physical health side of COVID, mm. um, not, not not to mention the the anxiety around just being closer to other people, that that gave me a lot of hope. I think, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of other people like me who f- who feel that as well, who are who aren't actually ready to go back to a gig, yeah. a non socially distanced gig. If there was one of them put on next week, you couldn't get me in. Like there's there's no there's no way. But having seen what they did last night. In the with, with in the Ivy Gardens with the National Concert Hall, I'm like, okay, this this seems like a really nice way to ease people back in, and I think as as an experiment of easing people back in, it seemed to have done really well because, like you said, it it wasn't as though you missed out on that kind of emotional response. The li- the live mu- the live music is the thing we're really missing. Yeah, we're missing the crack. Yeah, we're missing you know being sweaty in a room full of you know however many hundred or thousand people bumping into each other spilling pints and we'll get there but the thing that we're mainly missing is the opportunity to to watch and hear talented musicians have the opportunity to to say yeah. something with their music and that that's the important thing do you know it's not it's not going and drinking a load of pints with your mates it's it's like that's all part yeah. of it and we'll get there but we're not there yet. So I'm 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 sort of yeah, I'm sort of I'm very pro what I saw. Um, yeah. And that's, I, that um, isn't that I exact, do agree that sorry. sorry. Isn't that exact thing, you know, what we're talking about? Because it's like last year that was such a huge part of discourse where musicians were were speaking up about like how what they were missing. And this year that just isn't there anymore. Yeah. Begin the discourse of like, well, you know, it's important that musicians perform. You yeah. know, I saw there was a comment on uh I uh, did a little news piece about um, a small rural pop-up, a pop-up uh, venue for six people that's touring around rural locations. And people were, uh, a comment was like, why would you bother? We did this for like, why isn't this free? It was like, what's wrong with musicians making money from their, from their craft? I don't get yeah. this. And there's yeah. lots of that out there. There's lots of people who don't seem to understand what They're this is volunteers. doing for the industry this isn't, this isn't their hobby like this is yeah. their job you know yeah so that um, that that is frustrating because that is like i don't know how that got lost between last summer and this summer or people are just speaking up or you know maybe there's a faction of people out there who are just all sick of this and don't want to talk about it and also like you know what like we were talking about this last night we was having noon and went for a pint in the lower deck afterwards and we we're just talking about you know People have changed in lockdown. People have changed, hopefully, for the better. And um, I'm sure there's people out there who, you know, are having a hard time. We're all ha- we've all had hard times in the last year. But, you know, it's done negative things to us and it's done like different things to us. But also it's been a great opportunity to work on yourself. And, you know, and we were saying it'll be really nice when we get to go out and we get to meet those new people that we knew before, mm. those new versions of people that we knew. Because yeah. maybe there's an element of, you know, oh, I've done a lot of work or I've, you know, I'm, I'm happier or I'm in a better place. And you'll meet people who are 
have or slowed I'm not down. in a good place and I need my friends and yeah. to be there for those people. Yeah. That too. It's, so yeah. So that was an interesting thing about it. And I think the sooner this is the first step back is for the beginning of the end is something that I heard a lot. Um so yeah, it was it was really interesting. I have some audio here. Um this is uh Let's hear from uh, Mick Rowe, who is uh, the uh, Faction Records, uh, all Faction Records, all, who uh, release James Smith's Morrow's music and Sorka Richardson as well. Um, so he, I had chat to him during Sorka Richardson's set. And then uh, Owen Sullivan from The Point of Everything as well. I caught up with him oh, afterwards. Yeah. So. so we can hear Sorka Richardson. Yes, we can. Yes. This is uh, <coughs> Mick. Mick Rowe. Yes. Faction Records. Yes. How's it going? It is very surreal. It is a very surreal time, but it is absolutely amazing. (laughs) I've uh, had quite a lot of emotions today. (laughs) The ups and the downs of like being back and the the anxiety and the kind of anticipation of a show. But uh, the thing, right? There's the whole whole part of it. Yeah. It's like the anxiety of going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You all felt that. So like, yeah, I think. It's a big part of it is like uh, there's a lot of fear as well of like this has to go well this has to you know this has to be perfect uh, but it's been amazing and, and this is it it's like just a I guess a kind of a proof of concept that shows can be done and, and uh, like I don't know it's just so nice to be in a place listening to somebody play live again <laughs> thank you guys so much for this this has meant the world to us I hope that this is the start of the summer that like, like we deserve. Because let me just say, like, it's kind of strange at this point where like even as musicians, we're watching people in other countries go back to playing full tours and stuff, and it's it's weird and strange. But like, we are where we are, and, and I think Irish people have done themselves incredibly proud this last year, like in terms of their care for other people. I think it's pretty fucking impressive when you sacrifice so much. I think that's it. So we're gonna sing one last song. It's called Cavalier. And then we're gonna let you guys go back into the night. Or, or the dusk, because it's like 9.15. It's very much a hot girl summer, guys. You're watching a band on stage, you know, and you're watching a full band performance, like with, with added um, horn section. Uh, I thought the the start of the set was really, really good. So, I mean, that that's uh, as good a set as you're going to see from James, isn't it? I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, you know, they're calling it a test event. Um, like, hopefully it all goes smoothly and hopefully there's more incoming and that it'll look more like a gig I'm, I don't know I thought I thought it was quite nice you know seeing all of the, all of the pods laid out but I guess it is yeah, kind so of weird it's very socially distant like it is you know I mean it's 500 people in this place that you can easily hold a few thousand um, so you can see the difference there the capacity reduction and what that actually means right yeah um, it's, I guess it's also kind of weird that there's no alcohol yeah. being sold uh, there's there's uh, two food trucks one of them is selling ice cream and one of them is selling crepes, uh, crepes and yeah. they're like uh, in front of a waterfall so I mean like that's <laughs> different from a festival as well isn't it that's no true. alcohol that's true yeah yeah but I, I'd actually like to see what it would be like with uh, alcohol involved I think a lot of people probably had like itchy fingers in oh there. I think a lot of people are itching for an ice cream bag for sure for sure yeah hopefully we'll get there soon
So unfortunately, <laughs> that was everybody I could really chat to um, because of the nature of the event. You know, you can't really get close to anyone. So trying to grab, I grabbed on at the end of the gig. And by the time we had finished talking, like it was so quick that everyone had basically left the whole venue. Um, mm. So I couldn't really grab anyone after that. And uh, I wasn't going to be running after people in the street. So, um, but look, that was the experience. I think there is an element of, I don't know. There's an element of, this is a good thing. This is a good thing that should be happening. Yeah, I understand the wider ramifications of uh, what is perhaps, you know, what's rolling out in the future, what is going to happen with these pilot events. I think it'd be interesting to see, yeah, the rest of the pilot events, like the INEC in Killarney with 200 people indoors was announced and sold out in four minutes. That's happening um, on the June 26th as well. So that's a fully seated indoor a gig, this fully seated music festival on June 26th in Phoenix Park, Dublin, for up to 3,500 people is due to hap- be announced soon, surely. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what happens with those. But like, and then obviously the Jam Park is no, Jam Park is no more. So we don't know what's going to happen with the nightclub event. There's now no yeah. nightclub in the country, <laughs> in, in Dublin anyway, that's certainly fit for a purpose. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen with those. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But look, and just you know, well, well done to the organizers. Like it, it seemed to have gone off completely without a hitch, and people had a had a nice time. And yeah, good. It's so, a good thing. It is a good thing. It is a good thing. So um, yeah, I would say I was happy to be there. I think I've I've, I've relayed all, as many feelings as I could <laughs> <laughs> about it all. Um. It was a good thing back and uh, uh, it was just nice to be amongst people again and uh, um, too many more of those. And I, I know James talked about it and I don't know whether he, he talked about it as in he was talking it up or he really meant it. But like, he's like saying this is a gig to show people that we can do this later this year and have some summer left. I don't know how much of summer we're going to get in terms of gigs, but I think there's a an autumn and a winter to come that we will get gigs for sure so yeah we'll see. i hope so yeah and right. it all changed once we get vaccinated as well so you know and that is coming that is coming really quickly so right that is it from us this week uh it's patreon.com forward slash nine or nine i saw the discord was all watching the gig on online uh, and and commenting together which is just a nice thing and uh, so if you want access to discord um patreon.com forward slash nine or nine andrea plug your things um andrea dot oh no andrea dash cleary dot ghost dot io um or twitter.com slash andrea cleary um and yeah i'm usually in the business post on a sunday pick that up um i've got some pieces in there this weekend and uh, yeah that's it for me i think yeah um this was lovely to do early on a on a friday morning um sorry if i've sounded sleepy and sorry (laughs) if you could hear my cat purring all around me she's very needy in the morning i couldn't well i couldn't there's no video for andrea today for some reason no no if anyone knows how to fix a laptop (laughs) get in touch um (laughs) But yeah, yeah, thanks. And thank you, Niall, for going and uh, reporting back for all of us who couldn't go or weren't quite ready to My go. My absolute pleasure. Thank yeah. you for letting me do you're, that. You're, you're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, well, it was very enjoyable. Um, Excellent. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back next week with a chat with Saint Sister. Um, so 
come and have a listen to that. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.